Hi, I'm Nate. I'm Noah. And welcome to another chat episode of Talking Lion. We're just here to catch up with you, to catch up with ourselves, just trying to uh, just get through the week. And this is this has become kind of a highlight of the week, specifically because we have burgers. Yeah. And that's nice. We've made a tradition. It's we're on time number three now. There's that's truly tr- no going back from that's this. That's a tradition. And we're not sponsored by Umami Burger, but hell, Yet. if they want us to plug them we will because man that burger just gives me life like uh, i feel like a different person it's like a before and after am i uh the spider-man movie franchise because i feel rebooted nice yeah you know i think we try to like keep it pretty pretty light on the show but i feel like part of like the thing that i hate about like capital p positivity is that you you just kind of avoid the rest of it so i'm just gonna say this sucks oh yeah we're saying this I, sucks. Yeah, this sucks. Like I'm just like I miss my friends. I miss bars. I miss everything. And I think it's important that we stay inside and stay safe. But I think that as people, we should also express that like we're not crazy. Yeah. For thinking that this sucks. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's I feel cra- a little it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's just it's it's a crazy situation. I hope everybody is safe. But yeah, this sucks. I just wanted to start the show by saying this sucks. But also, I want to plug two things. The first is that we have a Patreon. So if you like us and want to be a part of this show and want to help support the community and support us, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash talking lion. It means the world to us and helps us keep this going. Secondly, as a band, because we're a band too, <laughs> Sleeping Lion, we put out this song called Don't Like Me. Some of you listened to it and we really appreciate everybody who listened to it, but now we have shirts. This is the first time we have shirts yeah. for anything. Our first run of of, tea, of shirts. And they're comfortable. Yeah, they, they're, they're nice. They're good. I like the shirt. I hand wrote the design. It says, I don't like me either. And the me is crossed out. It's a bit self-loathing. You get to publicly wear that. But I think, like we were saying about being able to be positive, but also air our negativity, you get to wear it. You get to own it. You get to have it be a part of you. Yeah. And it's, I think, a great conversation starter. Definitely. Uh, so... Check that out. It's on uh, it's on our website and on our Instagrams and everything. And that's, I think, everything I want to plug. Noah, do you want to plug anything? Uh, do I want to plug anything? I mean, I technically released a song today. Oh, you did release a song Which, if you want to check it out, you can. I mostly just, like, force myself to do it just for the sake of putting something out there into the world because I have trouble with that. So if you want to listen to it, there it's a piece of content that you can consume if you want to. It's good. I I didn't hear you even work on it, which is awesome. Like that very I rarely pretty much happens. pooped it out and like and like a, a, that the whole point was like it was supposed to be something that I threw together with without overthinking it. So I can say objectively, I'm also a fan of it. So everybody should check that out as well because you know Noah McGuire happens to be a pretty talented guy. I've been called worse. That's fair. I say we, 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 we get this show on the road. So, without further ado, this is Talking Lion. So before we dive into the questions, our Patreon supporter, Alan C., had Uh, another question for us. So his question is, you've mentioned that when you're in a session, it's easier to make a song when you know a little bit more about how the person slash people have been feeling recently. When you end up thinking of something, what is usually first? Lyrics, melody, or interesting parts like the hum in Don't Like Me? Mm. I feel like that question, like the what comes first question, is one of those things that like, from the outside makes sense, like something has to come first, but sort of inside, 
it's a lot more kind of like nuanced because I yeah. feel like there's never been like, okay, we're going to start here or we're going to start there. It's like things constantly bubbling. Like I know in sessions, you're usually jamming like on something or I'm jamming on like a, a kind of a, a sort of chord progression and humming stuff. And you hear, like I'll sometimes hear lyrics in just how somebody is singing yeah. something. But likewise, um, sometimes you like, are on pen to paper, like you are writing words down and then coming up with melodies to fit those words. Absolutely. I think what I enjoy more is when like there's a kind of defined story to how something starts. Mm. You know, like I, I love the story of losing my head with Lizzie Land. Yeah. Because, you know, that was the kind of thing where when the session was starting and we were getting to know each other, she was like, what's on your mind? I'm like, I just did a crossword puzzle. And one of the answers was Anne Boleyn. And then I wound up looking up Anne Boleyn and finding out about her whole thing and and how that like relates to current events. And that's been kind of on my mind just generally. But the fact that, yeah, she got beheaded and kind of just like didn't give a fuck when it <laughs> happened, like was sort of like, yeah, screw it. The world sucks. I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. So then when we were actually like sort of messing around with it, you know, I was just like, wouldn't it be funny if we wrote something called like losing my head? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the best when there's like there's like a fun story to to how something gets started because like a lot of times there isn't a lot of times you're you're in a session someone's coming up with melodies someone's coming up with lyrics like someone's jamming on chords and then it kind of just like materializes in this very nebulous kind of way until you sort of have something and then you improve upon that something but it's not it's not always that neat or clean that you you're like you you get hit with the inspiration that's like the title of the song. Well, and so much of our like collaboration cuz I don't typically like have voice memos of like melodies or like whatever. I I tend to have, you know, my notes with like with like couplets or mm. or like you know, beginnings of lyrical ideas. I don't even have like a concept list like Salem does. I just have like couplets usually. And so I'll hear you like making a beat or like in the case of don't like me you know, you were just playing the guitar, playing guitar and I'll just open up my notes and see, okay, does any of this fit with what he's playing? I'll sing it. No, it doesn't. It's a bit clunky. I'll sing it. Oh, that one works. I feel like getting to know somebody before a session, sometimes you get the story. Mm. Like Asper, when we were writing with Emily, she heard me tell the story of this relationship I was in. And I had said, I just wanted to haunt her a little bit, Yeah, you know? And she took that and ran with it even though I wasn't paying attention to it, but mostly getting to know somebody is just getting comfortable enough to be able to like pitch ideas, mm. to be able to write about somebody else's life and have them be okay with you doing that, to speak in a sense for them. Because when you're writing, you're writing I. So to be able to say, I feel this way and, and, and essentially putting that emotion out there for them to own for themselves and building up that comfort and, yeah. and knowing, like having that conversation sort of lets you in and also lets them know that you're like there with them and essentially making trauma catchy. Thank you for the question, Alan. Yeah, it's a good question. Again, if anybody has questions, our Patreon is open and we'd love to have you be a part of the show. Is this a power? Is this a power strip? This is a power strip because man, look man, at all those. Look at all the plugs. I, I'd say we just like dive right into the right meat. into the, the meat. meat and potatoes of this thing. Into the potato, the potatoes the and potatoes. the rosemary. The rosemary potatoes of the podcast. Yes. So many things you can do with potatoes. French fries, hash browns. It's very versatile. Because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lot, yeah. There's no segue. What's What are you listening to, man? What am I listening to? Uh, so something. Something my old. Oh, I actually listened oh, to. Old. Uh, I was on a drive and I listened to All of Hot Fuss by The Killers. Hot, f- hot fuzz. fuzz. <laughs> hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. I forgot which one it was. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hot fuzz. That's great, though. Yeah, wow, what a record. What, what compelled you? I don't know. I Did I, somebody tell you? Oh, Ooh. Yeah. I don't have a good, I don't have a good <laughs> comeback to that. Uh, no, yeah, I just, I was just inspired and I, I listened to all of Hot Fuzz by the Killers and it's just a great record. It's a record that started it all. It's got some, it's got some interesting songs on it. You know, the song that introduced me to the, the Killers was actually when you were young. Oh, interesting. Which is just a, I think like now knowing their catalog and also knowing that like Hot Fuzz existed. Yeah. That's a weird song to be introduced it to. But my, but my to best start. friend was like, hey, check out this song. And I'm like, the singer sounds weird. I feel like, like obviously, I heard Mr. Brightside, but I feel like the the song that got me into the Killers is actually uh, a Spaceman, because it was a uh, it was in Whoa. Rock Band. It was it was in a, there was a very particular party that I went to in one New Year's, and it was the first time I'd ever seen like Rock Band or Guitar Hero, and we spent the evening just like playing playing songs. That's how I like first discovered Avenged Sevenfold and like all that remains oh, yeah. and a bunch of other like metalcore bands. But it also made me fall in love with the song. Spaceman by the Killers. I feel like songwriters and producers don't talk about how much rock band affected their taste as like preteens or whatever. I feel like we don't talk about it enough. Either yeah. either it specifically affected us or just people are not talking about it. Yeah, exactly. I, like rock band and Guitar Hero were like formative. Like at multiple points on my musical development, they were like really important to me. Like I learned to play the drums because of because of rock band. I mean, likewise. I started my first band because we were playing uh, the Beatles rock band together. Our band practices would start with a rock band game. I mean, uh, the introduction to the strokes, the introduction. Yeah. It was like a music history lesson in a way. A true, it was, like, it it was really a very was. like curated, like who's who of like, these are interesting uh, and important songs. I got into Weezer yeah. from, from rock band. Like that's crazy. And also just like, I don't know that feeling of like wanting a song in the game and then yeah. it comes out like that was so that was so palpable like being able to play Paramore when that came out yeah. on, like in on the like the later Guitar Hero like that was oh yeah that Guns and Roses yeah also like Dragon Force yeah like like who, who, who would we know what Dragon <laughs> would we Force know what was Dragon Force was if you know? it were not for Through the Fire and Flames I'm not saying that was like an important thing to us but I think actually it taught us discipline yeah it taught us how to try. And fail. and fail. Remember that tweet that we saw the other day, which is just like, uh, how old were you when uh, Guitar Hero booed you for trying your best? <laughs> yeah, I still remember that. Uh, <laughs> like that was, there was something really special and spectacular about failing uh, in that way. Yeah. You know? Oh, Ooh, man. Yeah, anybody, anybody who plays expert Guitar Hero went through some sort of emotional pain to get there. Yeah, it's such a specific skill. It doesn't really transfer to anything. Like you have to really want it. To but it's get still good. there. Like I, I played, I was at Dave and Buster's a year <laughs> yeah. ago and they had a Guitar Hero arcade machine and I was able to play a song on Expert. Like my fingers just did it still. Yeah. It was weird that that was like still baked in there. You know, it's just one brains of are things. weird. Yeah. Speaking of formative Stuff. The record I listened to this week was How to Save a Life by the Fray. Oh, man. Talk, That's also, talk about a formative record. That is a, also a record that we don't talk about how formative that was for so many people. Mm. When you just like go through how many just like massive songs are on that record, like just, uh, I don't know, like She Is, Look After You, How to Save a Life, of yeah. course, Over My Head, Over my which head. not only like launched that career, but also made like Closer by the Chainsmokers. Yeah. Look at if you don't know this, look it up. Isaac Slade is a credited songwriter on Closer by the Chainsmokers. Yeah. But then also just like the deep cuts of that record are so good. Like 100. Like 100 oh, man. is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, you got Vienna, 
mm. which is just gorgeous. I remember like uh, when I was first trying to learn how to sing, I would practice like how much breath I could get from if I could hold that last note oh, yeah. in Vienna. And likewise, I would practice my belt to the belt and trust me. That's a long held note. And he could sing, like it was yeah. crazy. I think that record made me a songwriter. And I was really thinking about it that my dad, and I was talking to him about it too. My dad got that record because he randomly like went to a Frey show at a local radio station. Huh. Like they played for like 30 people and his friend like was like, hey, do you want to go to this thing? He didn't know the band. He met Isaac Slade and was like, do you guys call yourself the Frey because your songs all sort of end like, Frayed and Isaac was like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> my dad talks about that interaction all the time, and at the time, I was like, whatever. But he had this record, he had How to Save a Life huh. in his car. That's great. I would just listen to that record like over and over again because it was like that, or it was, um, yes. And I think I was just starting to kind of like grow out of yes, just a little bit into like something that like I needed a song, yeah, like a song song. So, yeah, I just it's just weird how how kind of formative that was. Yeah, I was introduced to The Fray by Grey's Anatomy. There was one oh, wow. pivotal episode of Grey's Anatomy where How, How to Save a Life was like the song. And it was like, it was so it was so linked to the show, but it was like such a, like, just such a good song. Like that song specifically I listened to, like hundreds, it must have been hundreds and hundreds of times. Well, I'm, I'm like aware now, like in retrospect, that like The Fray is kind of like massive, like kind of first rise was from like the double whammy of Grey's Anatomy and Scrubs. Oh, yeah. Because Scrubs also had, I think, How to Save a Life and She Is. The sort of golden age of like music yeah, supervision that kind of turned into like the sync licensing behemoth that it is now definitely put those, like put the fray on the map. But I, yeah, for me, it was like my dad heard them at a local radio station. That's cool. In Westchester. It was the peak. <laughs> and then brought the record home. And that's just like, yeah. What, what's your what's your new? These are like bigger songs. You're not like if you're if you have your ear to the ground at all of music, this is not going to be a surprise to you. But the new Ariana Grande song is pretty cool. I like her verse on it because it manages to. You think it's just going to be a stereotypical quarantine song, and Justin Bieber's verse is like, okay, yeah, he's quarantined with his wife and he's kind of happy about it. But Ariana's verse is a little bit more like plays on the stuck with you thing more in just terms of like being in a relationship with someone and like a nice. I don't know. I appreciated that it was like. It could have just been a really like down the middle like quarantine thing, and it, it managed, she managed to spin the concept in, in a slightly different direction. And it's a fun record. It, it's it, it's number one I think right now. So like enlightening anyone anybody by bringing up a number one single, but also uh, the new Kygo song is really cool and heartbreaking, written by a school friend of mine, Jake Tory. Shout out Jake Tory. Um, and there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh. gone don't remember <laughs> couldn't tell you i like the ri that's a riser anybody we give you permission to just use that one part as the riser in your next edm track yeah please do what's your new so i'm like caught between three because of course uh our friend nick smith covered amelia lee's song love the ocean which you co-wrote and produced and it's awesome it's so good it's so it's good so i good. love the original because it's like this like folk like intimate song but and and what I love about how Nick did it is that he took that emotion but ran with it. Like he yeah. he moved it to this sort of bluesier place, this like and the harmonies are so good. It's cool, it's smooth. Yeah. It's in a lot of ways, like I feel like her version is like the sad 
version, but his version is kind of like the angry version. Yeah, it like, brings out the the the, the bitterness in the song. Yeah, there's something really really bitter about it, and I think he did a great job with it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, uh, I heard a cover by Bombay Bicycle Club of "Lose You to Love Me." Oh uh, yeah. By Selena Gomez, and that was really really great. I I always liked that song, but was just sort of like a little lukewarm about it. Like I just liked other songs on that record better. Yeah. It's a but good song though. It's, well it's a good song. And I think that like hearing Bombay Bicycle Club do their version and just sort of seeing how, how a song is a good song, no matter who plays it or how it evolves, kind of just like, like check that box for me. And I would, I would listen to the dude from Bombay Bicycle Club sing the phone book. Too. I was going like, to say that. And I'm like, if I don't say that, Noah's probably going to yeah. say that. Like that was, <laughs> that was literally in the back of, back of my head. You took the words right out of my mouth. But my like, kind of like bragging, like I think I got here first song is there's a song called The City by Ella Jane. It's her mm. first single. Oh, yeah. Has already passed 600,000 streams. I found her because she followed us on TikTok, I think following like like the random semi-viral thing that I posted. And so I followed her back and she's a super talented artist. She like yeah. plays every instrument. I, I, I found her a couple, like a week or two ago. She popped up on a playlist, or I think she... I think she popped up on Discover, actually. That's that's so interesting. Yeah, I've been like really obsessed with this song and it's really great. So in, the intrigued. Is tight as hell. Yeah, and and but you also get the sense that she's just starting out. Like yeah. this, this yeah, yeah. there's something very self-produced about it, mm-hmm. which only like serves her. Like I think it sounds really really cool, and it's just cool to find somebody who I know is probably gonna be huge like early because especially on something like TikTok because you get to yeah. sort of see her reaction to the song doing well. You get to sort of mm-hmm. see how she's sort of interacting with this first bump. It also reminds me of like when, when we had our first like playlisting on something, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it kind of takes me back a little bit too. So, Hey, Ella, if you are listening, we would love to have you on talking lion uh, or do a song together or anything. So yeah, keep, keep trucking. Cause your music is fantastic and your voice is insane. Moving on to movies and TV. Ooh. We watched, we watched some movies. We did. We watched more than one. We watched more than one, which I think makes up for the last two episodes where we watched nothing. Big old nothing. Big old pile of nothing. The first thing we saw. Bad Education. There we go. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Allison Jackman. Jenny. Allison Jenny. Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Yeah. It was so good. It was really good. I was really like floored by Hugh Jackman's uh, performance in it. Like yeah. I feel like that this is, people are going to talk about this role for him. Yeah. Uh, there's something very like Jordan Belfort about it, yeah. like very, you know, long winded, but inspiring, but for the wrong reasons, kind of, it's a really cool movie. And I think the less you know about the movie and the yeah, actual history I knew, I knew it's based nothing on. nothing about it going in. Yeah. Me, and I, I think that was for the better. I also want to shout out my old boss, Gene Park, who did the sound design on it. Sounded great. Yeah. Really, really cool movie. And I just thought it was paced really well. And the way it just sort of all wraps up at the end especially because it's based on a true story, they did a great job of like bringing out the sort of drama of like the day to day. Yeah. You know, and and really getting to the heart of like why somebody like makes mistakes. Yeah. Really, really, really cool movie. The other movie that we saw last night. Yeah. Was Sword of Trust. Sword of Trust. I didn't know a lot about Lynn Shelton before she passed away, but I knew that she was really prominent in the like the New York indie film community and I know that she did stuff with Mark Marin. Like she directed his his comedy oh, yeah. special, which was great. But I just kept hearing about how this movie that she directed last year was fantastic. And and it really was. It, like, yeah. It was really charming and like really different. Another just, movie the less you know the better. Yeah. Like just letting it sort of 
wash over you. Just letting it play out. I feel like the movie was like economic. Like I feel like they didn't do more than they had to to get their messages across, which is really nice. Yeah, it was really simple. And the dialogue was just so oh. sharp and well-written and well-acted. Some of the best acting from Mark Maron yeah. like I've ever seen. Like He just owned the character. And I, you feel that. You feel him really like giving the performance everything he's got. Yeah. And it was just really funny. It was a really like... Just a really enjoyable movie. Like it was, it was, it was effortlessly humorous. It was, it was funny in just this really like off the beaten path, off kilter kind of way. It was just really human. It's a really I, human movie. I feel like since like in like the idea of indie movies wound up almost ironically getting co-opted by a sort of mainstream audience, that like you don't get the sort of indie feeling like the quote unquote indie feeling anymore. I know this is going to sound really New York hipster and I'm like, I, I'm hearing myself. Don't worry. Yeah, so you, can, you can fall on that sword. But I'll fall, I'll fall, I'll fall on that sort of trust. The sort of trust. That there is something really nice about like an indie film that really does feel like an indie film. Like it feels like everybody who worked on it, like cared about it. Yeah. And there's so much heart in this. Well, and yeah, you get the sense that like the scope of the movie was really small. Like it only takes place in a couple locations and it really only focuses on like like four or five actors and like given that it, it it it's paced wonderfully and it's it's engaging throughout and it you really get the sense that it's like it has a, it has an indie feeling and they did a lot with a little and a, and a beating heart and a yeah, a real beating yeah. heart to it M- much respect and condolences for for Lynn Sheldon because I'm I'm a new fan yeah but uh but you you get you get the sense that there was like just a, a brilliant person behind that film and in that collaboration with Mark Marin that it's a shame that won't be continued. Yeah. The other thing that we saw uh, TV was HBO's McMillions. Oh, yeah. Which was a documentary about this whole scandal uh, involving fraud, male fraud. Ma- yeah, ultimately the most exciting <laughs> male fraud story I've ever watched. For sure. With the Monopoly game, the McDonald's Monopoly game. And it was it was. Fun. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like like any documentary, it takes a little like a little bit to like burn. And and you were kind of saying like because it was just dramatic enough to be dramatic. Yeah. But when you judge it like a drama, it's a little boring. But as yeah. a documentary, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's real life that plays like a mob movie. And then because of it, I, I found myself judging it as if it were a mob movie. I'm like, this is kind of a cliche mob movie. But then I'm like, no, this is just this is just stuff that happened. Like this is the reason, this is like part of the reason mob movies are the way they are is like stories like this. It's just like classic East Coast Italian gangsters just, you know, having a system and making shady back deals. And, but also it was, I think what was also really interesting about McMillions was seeing, they gave you both sides of the story. Like they give you, they, they interviewed pretty much everyone. The coverage is wild. They interviewed, they interviewed everyone. If, if a name was mentioned. Then the person would, they would, they would pop up. They'd get to talk, get to talk. Even if them. they were like a very small part of the story. Yeah. And it, it like, I feel like it fleshed out. Plus there was a lot of reenacting. Oh man. The re- and that's the thing. Like, like I'm not usually one for reenacting, but it was done so well. Like the production value in this documentary is insane. Like they, with the, there's like even a really creative use of CGI to like really put you like in the time that this stuff is happening. And it really pulls you through like a narrative thread of this really like, I mean, it's a really convoluted scheme and like there's a lot of moving parts and that they did a really good job of like breaking it down episode by episode and making it 
feel like it, you know, really feel the narrative of it. And and the characters were fascinating. Like, yeah. it, like everybody's motivations made sense. It was fascinating. It was a very human story. Like, I feel like yeah. there was something very human about like everybody, like bits of greed, but also just like actually good hearted people who just needed a little bit of help. Yeah. You know, lawyers wanting to be great lawyers and what that means, you know, for the people on the receiving end of that. Like FBI agents wanting to have a career case. Yeah. But also, yeah, like essentially a fraudulent game. And the McDonald's Corporation, you know, at the sort of heart of it, it's it was really fascinating and interesting to see sort of how one person can affect so many. Yeah. It was an amazing documentary. I feel like as a documentary, it is Salieri. And it just had the unfortunate... Uh, unfortunate. Just that it had the misfortune. It had the misfortune of coming out the same time as Tiger King. Yeah. Because I think in a lot of ways, I liked this documentary more than Tiger King. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But but you can't have two documentaries that have, that like smash the cultural zeitgeist. And I feel like that, you know, Tiger King did that and McMillions came out at the same time. But I do hope that people will visit McMillions because I I think if you're into true crime documentaries, especially when it comes to white collar crime. Yeah. This is fascinating. It's super fascinating. What's the last picture on your camera roll? Uh, the last thing in my camera roll is actually the uh, cover art for the song that I just put out today. It actually came out really nicely. I, like with the song, I wanted to like make it as quickly as possible and not think too much about it. But I sort of had this idea in my head of like, what if I took a silhouette of a person and then kind of used the kind of public domain collage style that I've been cultivating on my Instagram and like filled in the gaps. So it was like, this figure of a person that's sort of colored in by uh, by paintings. Uh, but I also, I did it in Photoshop on desktop, which I haven't actually made any, any of this kind of art on a computer yet. And I was using the smart erase tool with on some of these pieces. And it, it just, it just deletes stuff in such a digital looking way that it, the, the art has this kind of glitchy thing to it. Like the right half, the, the left half of the picture has like these, this like kind of distorted, like glitchy looking painting of nature like tacked on the side of it and I just really like the aesthetic of it and and yeah for something that was like slapped that I slapped together in literally like five minutes I think it actually is really pretty and like captures a nice a nice kind of feeling about the song so it's a, it was a nice thing to put together what's the last picture in your camera roll um the last the last photo on my camera roll I'm actually gonna do like the last three because I feel like they're kind of like a they're connected by you know five minutes we went on a we went on a nice hike yeah. right before d- doing this right before we had our umami burger. We went to Elysian and it just, I don't know. I miss hikes from my time in Colorado and New York. I love just, uh, I just love like a nice nature hike. And this one particularly had such a nice view. Um, and at the end of the, our, our hike, we kind of came upon an outhouse, like a, like a public bathroom oh, yeah. and on the side in like really cool sort of like dripping graffiti, it said, the earth is dying. Be nicer. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Felt like a really great name for like a pop punk record. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was really cool. But then going back while we were walking, I feel like you and I finally sort of had a chance to talk, not like this, but like actually like just air out, you know, frustrations about our current situation and some of our fears and and worries, essentially saying this sucks. Yeah. Just essentially saying this sucks. And when we came up upon like the first like kind of clearing and we got to see the mountains and everything, I, I snapped a picture of you smiling. Hmm. And because we were just both in kind of like a, a shitty mood, like on this walk, but then like 
that felt kind of like the turn. Like as we're coming on this turn, it was like a literal turning point in the mm. conversation. It was nice to kind of capture that moment. And then as we continued walking, we saw this very steep hillside and there were two trees sort of impossibly were like very, very tall, but somehow like coming out of the hillside. And I jokingly said, oh, look at it, it's, it's us because we're trees growing impossibly off of a, off of the a hillside, of a uh, off a side of a cliff. So that was my, that was my triptych. The earth is dying, be nicer, you know, find, find the turning point and, and grow off the side of the, the hill, despite how impossible it is. I like that. Yeah. You didn't think these photos would have a, a message, did you? <laughs> didn't Fair see that listener. one coming. Didn't see, didn't see that one coming. What are your your highs and your lows? Uh, honestly, I think my low was was just being in Vons today. I didn't expect it to be a low, but there was just something like really unsettling about it. Uh, it, it felt chaotic and and unpleasant. I feel like the last couple of times I've gone grocery shopping, I've gone to Trader Joe's, and Trader Joe's has a nice system to it, and it, it hasn't really struck me. But there, uh, Vons just felt really bleak today, and it was a it was like the kind of thing that made me not be able to ignore the situation. It really kind of dug in the heels of the feeling that this sucks. Like everyone's kind of, like, I just felt so on edge because like you can't really socially distance in a grocery store. Like, you can try, but like everyone's running around and like the, the the person bagging my groceries actually forgot, like left the bag on the, like on the thing tucked oh. into all the other bags because yeah. he had he had to go and like shut down an aisle so that the another person could come and clean and I was just sort of forgotten about and like I wasn't mad about that because like I understood what was going on but it was just like th- that's the circumstances we're in like the 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 safety and like cleanliness of of running a grocery store full time like takes priority over everything else and it was just and the line like like I accidentally cut like. 40 people in line because they didn't see that the line was wrapping around oh, yeah. the entire like right side of the store. And I'm and I saw three people while I was waiting in line turn the corner, see what I saw, go, oh shit, no, I'm not doing that, and then leave. Like, leave <laughs> the store. So it's just like, I don't know. There's there's something really like arresting about not being able to ignore like that we're in really weird times. This sucks. It sucks. It really sucks. What's your high? Nothing stands out in and of itself, but I feel like uh, just the the watching watching movies with you and and going on this hike. Those are some really nice nice times that that made me feel uh, human. And this is too early for the actual segue, but also I think it was really nice to to talk to some people from my past. I like that. I'll I'll put that pretty high on my list for for this week. I would say my low. I had I had like one major low, which was. Like yesterday, I woke up with with vertigo. Mm. Like I woke up in a in a cold sweat in the room spinning. Um, and it was it was extremely not just like disorienting, but just like terrifying because mm. I just wasn't sure when it would just like stop and it wasn't stopping. And I didn't know if I was gonna like throw up or like it, it was just a very bizarre experience. And then all of essentially because it woke me up at like you know, four hours into sleeping and I couldn't go back to sleep because it just you know, I had to sort of go through the day. I did some exercises, so it wasn't as bad as it was like in that first moment, but it was more or less throughout the day. If I made any kind of bigger motion with my head or body, like I would feel the whole sort of space move and spin. And just made me really think about just my, my health and like my, my body, which I hate to kind of think about, you know, it still hasn't entirely gone away. And that's just been really disorienting. Just, you know, one second, I'm just going about my day and the next second like it feels like I'm on a roller coaster and uh yeah I just hope it goes goes away cuz that was definitely definitely a low and it's hard to kind of feel like yourself when or focus on anything yeah when you're you're like trying not to to throw up or fall down 
So that was that was the low. Got a couple highs though. The first is I found out somebody I really care about is moving to LA, and that I didn't think was ever going to happen, and that's really cool. So I I I felt that first high of the week. The second high is that we have these shirts. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big deal for me. Back when I was in a folk band, I had to like buy a hundred shirts, and wound up only really selling like twenty five or fifty because obviously you know I was like an un, in an unknown folk band. So I, I'd always been kind of hesitant about shirts and always, uh, you know, a bit freaked out about getting shirts. But our manager found a company that like can do one-off orders and consistently do one-off orders. And so it made sense for us to do it and it made sense to do it for this release. And people are buying them, which is awesome. But yeah, there's something really nice because we got the first order. I wanted to make sure before promoting it that like yeah. it felt good. It was just really nice to like, like the design, to, that the quality felt good, and to finally like be able to wear my own merch because I don't know, it's just like a definitely a point of pride. So that was that was definitely a high. Um, and then one night, it was like this week while we were kind of just like kind of going through the shit, really feeling like this sucks. Yeah, we're like fuck it, we're gonna watch McMillions and we're gonna bake oh, cookies. Yeah. And so we bake cookies. We bake like a, like a whole sheet of Toll House cookies. Oh, um, and I have such like a personal relationship with chocolate chip cookies, as I'm sure everybody sort of does. But like when I was in the the thick of it in school, like I had a ton of homework to do, I would always bake cookies alongside doing the work as like kind of like a reward thing. And so I always kind of associate having cookies as like the sweetness to like a sour day. Mm. And so it was nice to like actually bake cookies and yeah. enjoy cookies. Um, Cause there are no rules when you're an adult. So why don't we bake cookies more? You know? Yeah. Just do it every day. <laughs> just do it every day. That's the, that's what sucks about growing up. It's like the moment you're able to have dessert whenever you want is the moment your body's like too much sugar. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's like a Greek tragedy. It's it, truly Greek. <laughs> and lastly, what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? I feel like that was the crux of our conversation. Like while we were hiking. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think what I'm looking forward to, you know, now that our the first single off different plans is is done, I think I'm looking forward to actually getting into the meat and potatoes of the rest of the record and trying to find the rosemary. Trying to find the rosemary. Yeah. It just yeah, just find find the, the the last little bits of inspiration that are gonna are gonna come from finishing these songs and getting them out in the world. Like I'm excited to get through the the slog of like nudging vocals 10 milliseconds back and forth and tweaking a synth until it sounds just about right. Cause I know what's on the other end of that is a record of songs that we really care about and that haven't, we haven't been able to let go of and that I think people are really going to enjoy. So I'm excited to, to, to actually do the work to, to get those songs to where they need to be. I feel very similarly about that. I know tendencies, our next single is coming together. Yeah. It's probably the first time that name is being announced. So you heard it here first folks. But it's cool. Like it's nice that that song that we weren't sure if it would exist is now going to exist, and we can yeah. actually like, you know, have it be a part of our part of our world. I think the other thing I'm looking forward to is, like, for for the last like four years on this side, you know, I, I've been writing some like folkier songs or like more personal songs in the same way that you have with music for birds. But because I'm not a producer, I've always kind of felt like they would just sort of exist as voice memos. I also just was not particularly motivated to do anything with them because you know me, like if I'm going to do anything, it needs to have a plan. It needs yeah. to have all this like stuff. And and I also just like didn't really want to bother you with it because we have different plans and you have your projects. Like I didn't want to like throw another thing onto our plate. But we have a friend, Max Chester, who is just a really cool 
producer, but more in the sort of like folk space of like the James Blake meets Boney Vare area. Yeah. Cause he's more of a film score guy. And I kind of like presented him with executive producing this record. And part of that being, you're going to listen to, you know, these 16 or 17 songs and see which ones get you excited and like how we can actually make moves with it. And he called me today and he's excited and, and he listened to like my 80 song playlist of reference mm-hmm. material. And uh, I'm just excited to like work on, on that stuff. In the same way that you were excited about Music for Birds is just like revisiting some of these songs and seeing the sort of spark of life in them yeah. reemerge. It, that's, that's something I'm definitely looking forward to, though I know it's like a long journey ahead. Because, you know, obviously, like, I work better with other people, and I'm happy to, like, have somebody who's more, like, who's just, like, that's our project. Yeah. Here it is, you know. So that's uh, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. So before we wrap up, we introduced challenges yeah. last week. You challenged me yes. to cook a meal. Yes. And I will say I made food. You made food. I found on Serious Eats a chickpea stew. The ingredients were anchovies, onions, garlic, bacon, garbanzo beans, mm. you know, chickpeas, etc. There's not a difference between the two. Are I don't there? think so. I don't know. Okay, yeah. And essentially, what you do is in a pot, you fry up the bacon, you add a ton of onions and garlic, add the anchovies, and essentially have them like kind of dissolve, and then pour the the garbanzo beans in with the like water that they're sitting in. Mm. And you kind of make this stew soup out of this combination. Oh, and broccoli. You uh you put broccoli in all that too. So the broccoli kind of gets like boiled in in the in the water. So I did that. Yeah. And I'll say I think I did a good job. Nice. Because it was it was actually really delicious. The problem is is that I did not cook the bacon long enough. Oh, okay. So the bacon was really chewy, barely cooked. And looks terrible. Like I did not win points for presentation <laughs> at all. It's, it's hard. It's hard though when you're following a recipe. Like it always looks cooler on the website because that's like that's someone's whole job is to make food look pretty. Right. 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 Actually, I, an old friend of mine from New York, her dad's job was food photography. Oh yeah. And food film. Like that's oh, that's a whole industry. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. That and also like I didn't see like that the recipe serves for. Oh yeah. And you're vegetarian. Like, yeah. so I made so much. <laughs> yeah. That, that is, that is the problem with, with making food for yourself. It is really hard to find recipes that actually work for, for just one person. I, yeah. So I now have like leftovers, but I'm like also kind of questionable about whether or not I'm like trusting this bacon. <laughs> My stomach feels fine, but I appreciate your challenge. Um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you got something out of it. I, de- I definitely did. I, if anything, my like, just getting there but failing makes me even more motivated to try again. That's good. <laughs> That's that 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 is precisely the experience I wanted you to have because that is precisely the experience that I had when getting into cooking. It was just like finding something that I, that I wanted to make, making it and then totally missing the mark on some aspect of it and being like why did I why did that happen? I must improve. What do you think you got out of the experience of cooking a meal and finding a meal to cook? I think first and foremost, it just occurred to me like how freaked out like the process of it actually does make me like mm. the, the I don't like grocery shopping like in a normal world I don't yeah. like grocery shopping now it was like <laughs> you know going to Vons and wondering if I'm like forgetting something and not knowing the difference between like broccoli rob and like broccoli stalks or whatever like I feel so much of cooking is like 
well, you can follow the recipe, but like trust your gut. And I have no gut to trust. Yeah. So I didn't know like if I was following things right, if I was doing it right. And and because of that, cooking has become such a social thing for me. Like I'll usually only cook if like you're doing it with mm-hmm. me or like Max is doing it with me. Like if somebody sort of coaxing me to do it, there's something really cool about enjoying it once the need for it to be successful kind of went away. Mm. Like I'm like, okay, the bacon isn't going to get cooked and it's going to stay that way. And and it, and that's just how it's going to be. And if I eat it and my stomach doesn't hurt, then I'm fine. <laughs> and if I eat it and my stomach does hurt, then I've learned, you know, in, in a Darwinian way <laughs> what I did wrong. So, you know, I listened to a to the audiobook. I listened to Outliers audiobook and I made my meal and I sat and I ate it and I, I cleaned all the dishes because I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, just end here. I'm going to do the whole process and make sure that I don't leave a, a spot once I got the anxiety out of the way, it was yeah. nice to like know that like, oh yeah, this is something I could I could functionally do. I don't need anybody around for it. Which sounds like a basic human thing, but you know. No, I mean that's I mean, so so is literally talking to humans, but it's something that I struggle with. So it's I think it's nice to have things that push us outside of our comfort zone and and show us the 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 basic the basic good things in life. But I challenged you as well. Yes. You challenged me to call three people I hadn't spoken to in over a year, which is it was it was tricky because I was going through a list of people and there were plenty of people that I had spoken to like six months ago that I'm like, that doesn't count. So it's a I, real, real blast from your past material. Yeah. Real blast from, from your past. So I called, I called my friend Drew, who was like my closest friend in like middle school. We're talking, this is the guy I played Halo three with the guy I played Ratchet and Clank with. Like, this is like, he was, he was, the guy I was in Boy Scouts with, like he was like true childhood friend. Uh, and I saw him a couple years ago. Uh, we actually uh, met up with him at South by Southwest. Like you met him briefly. He, he lives yeah. in Austin. He's still living in Austin. And it was really nice to catch up with him. Uh, he he was like he was really happy that I called and we talked a little bit, bit about how like how hard it is to keep in touch with people and how we all say we're going to do it more and like not enough people do it and how it's it's just really nice to like reconnect with people who you haven't spoken to in a while and we had a really nice conversation reminisced about childhood he told me stories of, of me that I did not remember <laughs> was he surprised to hear from you yeah yeah he was he was he was just like it's funny I called I called like four or five people because I wanted to I, I, I waited to the last minute to do this challenge and I wanted to knock it all out and I called like four or five people and none of them picked up and he was the first person who like called back like an hour later like hey did you call me I'm like yeah I actually did <laughs> uh, and it, it was just like you know it was it was a really pleasant conversation uh, and then I called uh, our old roommate Peter Peter Sauter who lives in Boston who How's I saw I saw doing? about I saw I, I guess a year a year ago so like there there was less to catch up on because I had already like I'd seen his apartment like a year ago that he's he's still in but it was still like a lot has happened to me since then so it was nice to kind of fill him in on that. And I'm surprised you hadn't spoken to him in a year. Yeah, I mean we'd spoken a little bit, but pretty much pretty much we hadn't spoken on the phone in 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 about a year. So we caught up and he, he had actually just made a. Uh, ramen from scratch like he had, he's he he actually didn't call me back originally because he was like tending to the broth like he cooked it for 24 hours oh wow and made like chashu pork from scratch and and it's funny when he called me he was he was on the porch with like four of his other roommates uh and it was it, that that was a good a good catch up for sure was he surprised to hear from you um a little bit but he he was he was pleasantly surprised i'd say and it's, it's also nice because like he was i think he was he was having kind of a tough time when we were, we were back at school and he, now he's studying uh philosophy the philosophy of neuroscience at BU and he just especially even when I saw him last year he just seemed like a lot more like stable and happy as a person and it's just really nice to see someone you care about like doing well or doing better than they were before and then I have I, I one of the people who hit me back up on in that f- slew of calls I'm probably going to call today or tomorrow it's my, my friend Federico from school um so I I haven't fully completed the challenge of calling through people but I I will have what did you learn or get out of this challenge well one it made me realize how 
on 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 the one hand, how relatively short the list of people I actually want to talk to is, <laughs> in a kind of depressing way. But also, on the other side, how how the list gets longer if I like if I let it, you know, like if I, it, actually hitting 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 call on people that I wasn't sure if they're going to pick up and imagining talking to them, like even though there was an initial sense of dread, like there's, I have no reason to be talking to this person. There's no reason for us to be catching up. Like, what if they think I'm weird? There was still a sense that like, there was going to be a good conversation there and that it wasn't, it wasn't pointless for me to be reaching out. And in the conversations that I did have, it felt nice to, it felt nice to reconnect. And it made me feel more like myself. It made me like feel more in touch with, with my past and like who I am and the, and the person that, the person that I've become now, but also like, who, you know, who I was back then. And, and it, it's, it definitely inspired me to want to do a bit more of that and like be better about keeping in touch with people. Cause especially in this time where we're all kind of trapped inside and feeling like we don't know what to do with ourselves. Like it felt good to just for an hour, just talk to someone about, you know, like random stuff. I definitely, I definitely can appreciate that. Uh, Coincidentally, I got hit up by two people who I hadn't spoken to in, in years. And just that feeling of like, even though I don't necessarily feel like we've come a long way necessarily for somebody to sort of, react to an experience and re- remind you who you were and like where you came from. I think it's just such a, such a, I don't know, just an interesting feeling. I have a challenge for this week. All right. Are you ready for it? I, as ready as I'm going to be. I challenge you at some point this week to go on Sleeping Lions Instagram and live stream. Okay. For like 30 plus minutes. Okay. Just you. Okay. Just talking. Just talking. To whoever's in, you know, and if okay. there's two people, if there's three people, if there's no okay. people, just gotta, you just I'll gotta just be, wing it. Just gotta wing it. Okay, I like it. I, I like that one. Okay, I, yeah. What's your challenge? Uh, my challenge to you is to produce a piece of music. It can be, it can be a beat. It can be a thirty second beat. It can be a piece of piano music. It's, it's flexible what the parameters of it are, but just you know, just something, just, just make, make a thing. No strings attached. No, no, no real prompt. Just let yourself sit down and, and make something. Did, did you see my entire body? Yeah, just like no, you, 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 you looked shocked when I said that you looked terrified. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the, that. I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Yeah, I can do that. It's fine. That's it's easy. I used to do that enough. Yeah. I, I'm like embarrassed by how embarrassed I am, you know. I, uh, I I accept your I accept your challenge, but boy, yeah, that's a tough one. So yeah, especially in these times. But you know, like like I said, I I was challenged by by our, our friend Amelia to to make something, and I was not in the mood to at all. But I still it was I still I'm I'm grateful that I had someone you know, sort of a, f- a friend pushed me to just like make something at a time when I was feeling kind of down about myself and my ability to make things. So spe- I think there's something to be said for it. And, and I hope you're able to have a positive experience with it. I'm down. Uh, I accept the challenge uh, as as anxious as it <laughs> as it makes me. I think it's it's this it's the same thing. I think like I've just sort of deferred that like, you know, you're you're better. So why should I, you know, kind of do it? And I, I'm a producer more in like the give notes and oversee a project kind of way. But I, yeah, I definitely get, you've seen me get like really anxious and like, even though I know how it all works, yeah. and like no, you know, I definitely get very in my head and a little overwhelmed by like blank slate. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, all right, here, 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 here definitely goes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
and hopefully tune into my live stream yeah yeah (laughs) that's gonna be fun yeah hopefully the people on your live stream aren't like this sucks hopefully people aren't you know listening to what i make and they're like this sucks that's the thing you don't you don't also don't necessarily have to share it if 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 you don't want to i think the important thing is is the act of of creation i appreciate that but also i I feel like knowing you knowing me the motivate there'll probably be more motivation in making something that could be shared well i'm excited to see your live stream i'll be tuning in myself with the gauntlet thrown the gauntlet has been thrown i believe that's a podcast yeah we hope everybody who's listening is staying safe and expressing themselves because yes, this sucks. It sucks. And you know, it's okay to feel shit about it. Uh, and it's also okay to enjoy it. And I think Did that- Did you see Billboard's uh, video of, of all these famous musicians talking about their most unproductive day? No, but that's awesome. It was a cute, it was a cute little video of like uh, all these like A-list uh, music celebrities just talking about how they're basically in bed watching Netflix. Zed was like, I didn't move for four days. Like it's, you know, I, I really appreciate the spirit behind, uh, behind the message of like just getting, showing a bunch of successful people who are just like, yep, that's, it is totally okay to just, to not do anything in all of this. Well, and I th- feel like, you know, like even looking at us, like, you know, obviously like we're working on some songs and like this, these podcasts are coming out bi-weekly, but keep in mind, I think most of our day has been just playing video games and watching TV. I actually edit the podcast in between queuing up for an Overwatch game. And it just happens that I'm playing so much Overwatch in a given week that these podcasts get done. So yeah, there's no push to, and I haven't written anything in like a month, which, which is also why I'm like nervous about your, your challenge. But yeah, for anybody feeling like they like have to be productive or like have to be whatever, like if Zed isn't making shit, we're we're not working every day. Like it's hard to be motivated, yeah. you know, when your when your world is different and when there is so much to watch on Netflix. And you know, in my case, when the when the room is spinning, literally, yeah. you know, I just you can make this whatever you want it to be. So no no worries there. With that said, and in conclusion, we hope you listen to our next episode coming out on Sunday and. If you like this and want to support this, I encourage you to go to our Patreon as well, patreon.com slash talking lion. And yeah, we still don't have a sign off, you know? Oh, I think yeah. I think we gotta, you know, I, I was thinking, here's my pitch, ready? Okay. Until next time. Until next time. That's good. That's yeah? that's clean. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's not like original. Like I'm not like No, I feel like it I feel like it needs more flavor. What if it was like until next time, guys? No, that's that's not good either. No, that's not good. Yeah, I feel I feel like that. Until until next time. Cowboy. Until next time, cowboy. We'd like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.